2: Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Aquademia Podcast. I'm Sean O'Loughlin. I'm Justin Grant.
0: And I'm Maddie Cassidy.
2: And today we don't have a guest. It's just the three of us. We are the guests. And we thought it might be fun to do something a little bit different. If you go anywhere on the internet these days, the majority of articles and, and uh, websites you're going to find are list articles. Top five this, top ten this, five ways you can blah, 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 blah. And so we wanted to do a list episode because we think that's kind of fun. And we are doing five unusual seafood dishes that you probably haven't tried. I think unusual is a pretty fair term for this, especially with us being in America because it's unusual for us. If you live in the areas that these dishes are traditionally found, then maybe you have had it and it's no big deal. But a lot of these are pretty specific to regions or areas around the world. And so a lot of people have not had them. And I know a lot of people in America would be turned off by them, but it's fun to talk about. So I just did a quick little Google search to find some fun, unusual dishes, and I put them in a list, and we'll share those sources that I got them from in the show notes, but I want to go through them and see what you guys think, and if you've had any We are of them. unaware of what is on your list. Yeah, I pulled yeah, this together this no morning. Yeah. So,
0: it's a surprise for us, too.
2: Yeah, I want to see if you guys would try this, you would be willing to try it, or if it's something that you just don't have any interest in. And, uh, or if you've ever heard of it, maybe you have tried some of these.
0: I am known, I just want to preface this I am known to be among my family members and friends that I am quite a picky eater and not very adventurous.
2: Well, all right. But
0: in my, I feel like throughout the past few months, I've been branching out of my usual palette, my usual food palette. So,
2: because of the food shortage? (laughs) No. Just Just can't be for any I'm trying to be a
0: little more creative with my meals and with my food so maybe this will inspire me more to branch out well we'll see <laughs> <laughs> we'll our see our audience
2: can't see your face sean but uh <laughs> i'm a little scared some of these i'm oof. i just need to do a disclaimer beforehand though because a lot of these are coming out of korea or japan and i am not going to pronounce them correctly and i apologize i'm going to do my best but some of them have pretty tough tough words so tough name. Well, this is
1: a perfect opportunity for our listeners in those areas of the world to reach out, correct our pronunciation, as well as let us know if they have tried these dishes and what their how their palate enjoys these dishes or you know, right. Yeah. Maybe Sorry, you I just
2: maybe it's part of your everyday diet, your your regular diet, and uh it's not unusual to you at all. But it's unusual to me, which is why I made this list. So we're gonna start uh not are you working your
1: way up from I'm trying to, top
2: 5s well it's not like a top 5 list i'm kind of i kind of just compiled a list of 5 and i have a bonus one at the end but i'm going to start with something a little not as unusual i'm going to try to save the really crazy ones for for the end uh well so we'll start okay. with gooey ducks okay and i'll just read kind of what it says from the source that i that i got it from first things first these are not ducks because we're <laughs> gonna talk about seafood are they gooey oh <laughs> well, They're nowhere near ducks and are in no way related to the quacking bird. Gooey ducks are actually large clams living off the coast of Canada and the U.S. They can range in length from 15 centimeters to 20 centimeters and sometimes even longer. So they're really just, they're like, their shells are like the size of your fist, maybe a little bit bigger, and then the foot just sticks out like a foot and a half. It's crazy. Their most significant feature is a siphon or neck that stretches out from its shell. This is basically how the shellfish eats. The gooey duck is usually cleaned and then sliced into thin layers. They're steamed and eaten with a sauce, or eaten raw as sashimi. So when we went to Guangzhou for the goal conference, we did a tour of an outdoor seafood market, and there were gooey ducks everywhere, just in like either in tanks or in just big mail crates, like ready to be processed. And they're they're hilarious looking because they're just giant clams, but they're. I, I, it would be inappropriate for me to describe them the way I want to. But have you guys ever well, seen or is had worth gooey a ducks? Words, so,
0: okay, so it's funny that you bring up gooey ducks because I have a story about them. Yes. So, my cousin <laughs> went to the Evergreen State College in Washington, in Washington State, and their mascot is actually the gooey duck.
2: No way. <laughs> like, really? that's
0: their college's mascot. So oh, I went I'm there sorry. for his graduation, and we had gooey ducks for one of the meals. How was it? It was actually pretty good. It kind of tastes like oysters. Well, yeah, it's a clam. I mean, yeah, but it's I like it more than was oysters, it tough? Actually. I feel like it would be tough. Yes. Okay. It's tough.
2: It
1: looks. How like did it was... how did they prepare them when you when you ate them? Because they, they were could, steamed. Steamed. Okay. Okay.
0: It was really good. I actually, if you can, they're probably hard to find unless they're like natively in the area that you live in but if you have access to gooey ducks i actually would recommend them my picky eater self would recommend i love that
2: them. i love that that's how we're starting and it's it's funny if you <laughs> if you want to look these up it's not spelled like the way you would expect it's spelled g e o d u c k s so like geoducks but it's pronounced gooey ducks i know how to how to say that one i don't know how to say a lot of these other ones
0: go gooey ducks
2: all right justin would you try gooey ducks yeah i, I
1: if this is truly the most tame dish on on your list because that doesn't seem overly unusual, and I definitely would try those. Shellfish in general are my uh, that's your go to yeah. when it comes to seafood. Yeah, so I without a doubt would try those, and it sounds like I would enjoy them.
2: All right, the next one I I have heard of because I have a almost three year old daughter who is obsessed with Frozen, and this is mentioned in that movie. It's called oh. Ludafisk. It's out of Norway, Justin. You probably okay. know, but if you've seen Frozen, when they go to that little shop with the uh, the the big funny guy that's like "yoo hoo," yep. he um <laughs> he offers a jar of lutefisk, and it looks like a bunch of dead raw f- a bunch of dead fish in a jar. And he says, "I'll add in a jar of lutefisk." Um, lutefisk dates its history all the way back to Viking times. The dish is made from dried white fish, usually cod which is kept in water for a number of days, after which is placed into a lye solution until the fish turns into a jelly-like substance. However, this is not the end of the process for that fish, particularly as at this stage, it could kill anyone that eats it. So, following the lye soaking, it is then soaked in fresh water for around a week. Lutefisk is known for its strong smell, which has seen it earn the nicknames of Weapon of Mass Destruction, Rat Poison, and Fork Destroyer. So. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> lutefisk well sounds exciting
0: it really does i'm kind of fascinated by how much time goes into preparing it like weeks and when weeks. i hear about
2: dishes like that i want to know how people came up like how, do you think people were just trying to find a way to preserve fish like they had fish and it was like oh it's been sitting in this water for a few weeks oh what do i do with it Oh, put it in lye <laughs>
1: And how many people died from that first process before they realized they had to soak it in water
2: afterwards? Yeah. Like Yeah, that's so a, Like true. at what point in that in in the discovery of how you make this dish? At what point do you just say, "Guys, people are dying from this. Maybe we shouldn't be preparing fish this way."
1: Well, it's no different than the creation of moonshine, right? I mean, that whole process if you do it wrong is is toxic to the body and geez, people are doing it in the woods in New England all over the place still.
2: Yeah. I mean, Like, is it like, oh man, we've killed four people, but I think we're almost there. Like, I think we're, we're, we're (laughs) going to figure it out soon. (laughs) That's just, that's what baffles me about these types of, especially the dishes that are like really, really old. like You got to imagine that they probably were trying to find a way to preserve food for as long as possible to go on long hunting trips or, you know, if it's from a nomadic type of society, they need to bring their food with them. They're probably trying to preserve it for as long as possible, but. I mean the trial and error's gotta be brutal to figure this out. And I feel like at some point you're just gonna say, Let's let's try something else.
0: <laughs> I mean, that means that it, it, it must be good, I guess, question mark, because if it's if this recipe has lasted for hundreds of years.
1: Yeah. Well, Maddie, so what is how what is your direction on this? If you think so, that it must
0: be good. I'm a big texture person when it comes to food. And Sean, you mentioned the words jelly like. Yes. And that's not typically my go-to food. Yeah. So I'm I guess I would try it, but I'm not sure if I would love it.
2: I feel like I wouldn't like this.
1: I well, so Maddie it goes by texture. also has the nickname
0: Rat Poison.
1: Yeah. Fork destroyer. Fork yeah. destroyer. What does that do to your insides? I uh and I go by smell with a lot of foods that I try. So rather than the texture I'm, i think i could get past the texture part if the smell was intriguing enough but this seems like it would not be something i would try no, no. well <laughs> i would try everything once i mean if, <laughs> we're we have to advocate for what we're trying to push through our podcast right which is we want people to eat more seafood and if they've had one bad dish of seafood then they're not going to try other species of fish or something shell- right shellfish. i'm, I'm so, more
2: I'm, I'm more in line with with the maddie's thinking of things for me it's a texture thing and gelatinous fish that has been soaked in water for a long time <laughs> doesn't sound appetizing to me but you know if you are but you don't have
1: to chew it you just swallow it
2: down yeah, just like jelly. you know we do have <laughs> oh man if you guys could see maddie's reaction to that <laughs> i know we have listeners in norway and i know this is a very very old sure traditional dish uh in norway and Folks in Norway, please send us an email, podcast at aquaculturealliance.org. Tell us, do you eat lutefisk? is it one of those things where it's just kind of a tradition at a certain time of year like it's always there but nobody actually wants to eat it it could be one of those situations or is this something that is kind of pretty common over there still let, let us know and let us know what it tastes like let us know your reactions to that and if maybe we're way off base maybe they'll say you got to try it it's delicious yeah please don't Please don't unsubscribe we're not <laughs> yes we're not trying to bash your traditional dishes just doesn't doesn't sound like it's in my wheelhouse. All right. So let's see. There's a, it, it, we're just, we're getting worse.
1: Wait, what was the final tally? So I was the only
2: one that would try it? No, I would probably I I would try, try it. it one little piece to say that I've had it. And then if I liked it, then yeah, I would be one pleasantly piece, surprised. Little piece. Mm-hmm.
0: So three for three.
2: Okay. Uh, Spoon worms is the next one. Nope. I'm out.
0: <laughs> yeah. That name really just turned me off already. Spoonworms
2: worms. Uh, one of the few places that eat these worms on a regular basis is Korea. They're harvested from the muddy stretches of beaches when the tide is low. These spoonworms are washed, and both ends are chopped off. The innards are squeezed out and disposed. The flesh of the spoonworm is usually eaten raw, but can also be grilled. All right, I'm I'm I think I'm back in. It would have to had you at grilled. <laughs> no, I think Justin will grill anything.
1: Yeah, that's true. But I I believe depending on the size of these worms. Did you mention that in your description?
2: They uh no, but the I can show you the the picture of it. Well, We we'll, can share some we'll, of the we'll photos. Share, of some yeah, of these we'll share these yeah. in the show notes.
0: Like, are we talking one inch long or like five inches I, the, long? The
2: picture I saw, they were very flat because yep. obviously they had mm-hmm. been like emptied out, so it was just kind of the the flesh, and they were kind of flat and long tubes.
1: I think if you kill something, chop it up enough and degut it. Sorry for our listeners of the description, but I then it's almost like a clean cooked piece of meat, and I would I would try that. Again this Depending is like a little texture thing i feel
2: it. i i don't like this is a texture thing for me again if it's raw i don't think i would enjoy it very much i think i would think too much about what it is and here in america we don't normally eat worms or many insects worms or arachnids as food here in, in, in our country so if it was raw i would not be able to separate that i'm eating a worm Mm. And that would be unappetizing for me. If it was grilled or like pan fried, then it would change that texture. <laughs> and I feel like I would be okay with it. You'd wrap it in bacon and, you know what I'm <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: So I'm Yeah. So I'm kind of along those same lines, Sean. So if it's like crispy and you add some nice seasoning to it and it's flavorful, then I'm in. It could be like croutons on top of a salad. That's like what I'm envisioning. <laughs> oh, okay. I think okay. that could be good. Do
2: you guys but want to see the picture? only
0: if it's crispy. Yeah, let's see it. Oh, geez. Let
2: me see here. Is
1: this the same picture we will link in the show notes so people know what our
2: reaction is to? Sure. Yeah,
0: we'll link it.
2: I'll keep this website open so you guys, I can share the picture with you. Oh. And now, what was the name of this worm? Spoon worms. Like a spoon, like a eating utensil. I wonder why they- Brace yourselves.
0: Oh, oh that's no, not what I, I, I was thinking. Nope. No, no, no. I don't want that. I don't want to eat that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but well, if they you, cut off the ends, so they cut so off the ends. Wide. They they squeeze out the insides, uh, and then and then if you um you know if you were to chop it up and fry it, like it it would look completely different. I'm guessing it these like are raw. Looks like an uncooked
1: sausage in like a casing.
0: That's exactly yeah. what it looks yeah, like. So
1: there, let's go with that. Yeah.
2: So that's those are the spoons. All spoon right, take
1: worms. this. To take that picture off
0: <laughs> I think I'm gonna have to rescind what I said. I think go I would try it if it's prepared correctly. It. I,
2: would, I would try it if it was prepared in a way that would be more appetizing to me.
1: Yeah, I think I would be willing to try it, yes.
2: All right, now we're getting into moving, moving food and, and some words that I- Worms don't move? What do you say? <laughs> well, the, those ones <laughs> are dead when you eat them. Oh, so, oh okay. So here we go. So these are, these are some of the words that I have a lot of trouble with. So this one is, is a, another Korean dish. It's called sanachi. S-A-N-N-A-K-J-I. Please send me the correct way to pronounce that. I, I know I did not say that correctly. But... K-J-A, I wonder. Yeah. Yeah, Sanakji. S- yeah. Sometimes called Sanakji Ho or hoe, h o e. This Korean dish consists of eating either the moving tentacles of an octopus or removing the tentacles from a whole live octopus. The dish, while criticized by many for its obvious inhumanity, is popular with some culinary daredevils because of the interesting sensation of eating moving tentacles that squirm even as they are swallowed. And I have seen some videos of this, like that's just gone around Facebook and stuff like that. And I can't tell if it's actually like just moving because it was alive when they cut them off and the nerves are still firing. Or if fiery, they're wiggling it with their hands. Or Well, no, it's generally what you see the video of is they take like a soy sauce or some type of sauce. They pour it over it, and then when they pour it over it, the plate starts to move, the tentacles start to move. So I'm wondering if it's more of a reaction of like the salts in the sauce that are causing the The nerve endings to start uh, fire, Uh, and those are something. But it doesn't seem like it's like when they serve it to you, it's just like moving like something in Star Wars. Like It seems to me like (laughs) when you get it, it's still, and then when you put the sauce on it, there's some type of reaction that makes it do that maybe those were just fake videos made for facebook or whatever i don't know that's what i've seen and i'm assuming it's the same dish uh, that we're talking about here but moving octopus tentacles we've talked about octopus a lot on this show because yeah, we octopus have. octopus is delicious i've had octopus sushi many times and it's really good and we like to use that as one of our challenge ingredients when we have chefs on the show to see what they would do with it because there's a lot of different things you can do with octopus because it's an interesting texture and it takes sauces really well. So, how do, would you guys feel about eating moving octopus tentacles, though?
0: Okay, so we're back to the texture for me. And this definitely sounds like it would be not a texture that I gravitate <laughs> towards. But I
2: don't think, like, and, if you've ever had octopus but, sushi, it would be the same texture as that. The difference is it's moving.
0: Yeah, I don't, I'm not too crazy about the moving part of things. And, yeah. but I do like the taste. And the flavor of octopus and calamari. And seeing so photos maybe... of this,
2: I imagine that like the broth that it's in and the sauces that are mm-hmm. on it are really, really flavorful.
0: Right. So that might help, but I don't know if I could do it moving. I think I'm out on this one.
2: Justin, what do you think?
1: Uh, yeah, there's something about knowing, depending on how well you chew it up, but knowing that something would still be moving in my stomach afterwards, I, I couldn't handle that, I don't think. Okay. So I I- And this may sound like it's a moderately safe. More people would say, yeah, I could try that because of how similar it is to other things that we eat. But I think I'm going to be out like Maddie on this one.
0: And also, I'm pretty devoted to animal rights. And this doesn't sound unless the octopus is like going to be. Right. If it's harvested for food. Also.
2: And you right. just happen to serve it in a way that, like, as soon as it's harvested and slaughtered, like, th- it's served, right? So, from a non...
0: Then that's fine with me.
2: From a non-animal So, animal if that was rights, the case, Maddie, would you try it?
0: I don't. I don't think I can say I would.
2: You know what? Right. I think I would try it. I oh think I would try goodness. this one. It may make me throw up because the sensation of that may just be so mm-hmm. adverse to everything my body wants to do. But <laughs> I think I would... I think I would try this, and I would make sure that I get it on video, so there's proof that i that I tried it, <laughs> but again, if so you're from Korea, the- please let us know like is this a regular dish like do you, can you go down to a restaurant downtown and just grab this and get it as a dish? Is it something that's kind of a a a dare? Hey, I dare you to go get that moving octopus tentacles or is it just a regular dish like I want to know. And I want to see some pictures of or video of our listeners eating this. Share it with us on Twitter. You know, tag us at Aquademia Pod. I want to see it. I want to know about this. I'm really interested. I think I would try it if I had the opportunity. I may chicken out last minute, but I, I think <laughs> I like to think that I would give it one shot. I did try. You know, I have tried some interesting, unusual dishes uh, in our travels. So peer pressure. I, I succumb to peer pressure fairly easily. <laughs> so.
1: I might try one of those magic tricks. So if I was at that restaurant or wherever we were eating it, you know, where you fake your kids out, like you're eating things you're not supposed to, or you just kind (laughs) of drop it on the side of your face, but it doesn't actually go in your mouth. Mm. I might do that a couple of times,
2: but not actually eat it. But now
1: that I, now that I told
2: the whole world, that's my (laughs) trick. Everybody knows Justin's (laughs) not going to work.
0: We'll be watching.
2: (laughs) Okay. Next one is, uh, this is number five, I think. So this is our, our last 505? This is Would our you... last one before I have a bonus one that's more of a sauce. Okay. So we'll we'll talk about that one after. And then I want to talk about kind of unusual dishes that you guys have tried. But this is another one that I cannot pronounce at all. She, shiro no it's a it's it's a live fish that you eat raw. Spell it. S H I R O U O space N O space O D A R I G U I. Uh it's out of Japan. And so I, I you know I should have had this ready when we were talking with Wakao-san, but Wakao-san, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I I hadn't prepared this uh, this list yet. So, it is a special method of eating developed in Japan and usually the Shiru, shiru fish is the most common seafood to be eaten like this and are often of the ice goby species. So, small small fish. Small fish.
0: We have go- gobies in our fish tank at yeah, the office. Yeah, they're just
2: they're very small. They don't look like they have any meat on them, so I don't know why people eat them. But shiru are small transparent fish which are eaten alive while swimming in water and raw eggs. Usually diners mm-hmm. will pick up these fish with chopsticks and put them directly into their mouths. The live fish will be tossing and turning, which gives the fish its name. Odar- odarigui literally means dancing meal. And I want to show, I I shared the picture of this one with you guys beforehand, so you've seen that. A, live fish that you eat raw. Not very humane in my book. And the sensation of them moving and swimming through my mouth and my throat does not sound appetizing. B, also (laughs) raw eggs. You're eating them in raw eggs. I don't like the idea of that either, so I'm not, not big on raw eggs. I think this one is a no for me. Especially after seeing the picture of them swimming around in the egg. It just looks like an egg with a parasite in it. And I, I don't think I'd be able to do it. What do you guys think?
0: I'm bringing up the picture again. Yeah. Yeah, here I
2: can share it if you want.
0: I mean, and the
1: size of the fish, I mean, they're,
2: they're
0: pretty small. They're very small.
1: small. Yeah. I mean, I think I might try the fish before I would try that raw
2: egg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think that's, I think the fact that you see them swimming in a raw egg is makes it more unappetizing. Hmm. So. I don't know. I don't think I would do it. I, I think I would draw the line at this. I like my food cooked, unless it's sushi, but I don't really like my sushi to be alive. So... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, I think that's
1: that's a no for me.
2: So, listeners in Japan, let us know. What do you think? Is this something that you eat? Is it something you would try? Is it something that you serve to your kids for breakfast before school? Let me know. <laughs> I really want to know.
1: And another disclaimer, there... I didn't do the re- research, Sean did the research, but I'm sure this was not an extensive search, so we just want to put out there that we're not trying to be insensitive to other cultures or stuff that people may eat on a regular basis. These are unique to us, and we're just taking our takes on whether or not we would eat
2: them. That's or. correct. I will, Again, I, trying to be insensitive. This was my process for research for this, this uh, episode. So I went to Google and I typed in unusual seafood dishes, and I found a couple articles that are like, the craziest seafood dishes from around the world, and I picked out ones that were the most unusual to me. That's, that's, gotcha. how, that's how I made this list. Uh, I figured you guys would be kind of on the same level as me, since we're from the same region and culture and everything. So I have one more bonus um, from Japan called Shirako. Shirako, Shirako. Again, sorry about the pronunciation. My, my Japanese is a little rusty. I'm just going to read this description word for word. I didn't write this. Someone else wrote this. We have certainly left the least appealing until last. This dish from Japan looks like a nice, creamy sauce and is generally eaten during the winter months. However, its appearance may belie what is actually made from, that being cod milt. Cod what? Milt. Cod milt is simply a fancy term for fish sperm. Yes, you heard that right. This is a winter dish because fish sperm and the additional fluids that are taken from the fish are in season only during the winter the sack that this delicacy comes in is famed by its fans at least for having a melt in the mouth sensation that's very similar to butter it is also often compared to pig brains so oh that was a honorable mention simple connection (laughs) yeah thoughts on on the on the cod milk sauce I guess it's not sauce it's just cod milk that is like a sauce (laughs) Uh, thank you for that Sean you're welcome (laughs) it's just it's almost lunchtime. yeah (laughs) So which one of these dishes are you guys going to choose for lunch today? Hmm.
1: I'll
2: go with the first one, I think.
1: Yeah, which if I, I actually choose, I... am having Shellfish. I'll be having mussels in garlic butter sauce for lunch today and I did stop by the grocery store and, and bought some uh, sushi yesterday, so mm. hopefully it's still good for, you know, in a couple hours from now when I'm having lunch, but it's going to be s- seafood for lunch for me and I'm super pumped nice. about it.
2: Nice. So a couple honorable mentions to uh sea squirts, which you can find in tad in tide pools. Uh, sea cucumbers, horseshoe crabs, sea urchins, and lampreys are all kind of things that were also on the list of unusual seafood dishes, but I didn't, you know, I've, I've had some of the things on this list. I haven't had sea urchin, but I would absolutely try it. Lamprey is just another fish once you cook it, yeah. you know, so, so they didn't really make the list, but they were honorable mentions. So now let's talk about some unusual seafood dishes that you guys have you had any unusual seafood dishes
0: the first one that comes to mind for me is pickled herring have you guys heard of that
2: I mean I know what herring is and I know what pickled means so yeah I mean (laughs) yeah but I I haven't seen it or tried it yeah I can't say I've had it in the
0: Netherlands I so I studied in the Netherlands for six months in college and when we went to I forget which village it was but In the seaside villages, in the coastal villages, and in Amsterdam too, pickled herring is a very popular Dutch dish, and I was persuaded by my friends to try it, even though, like I told you guys, I'm very big on texture, and pickled herring is, it's a very like slippery kind of texture. Mm, Like
2: oysters kind of? Yeah,
0: kind of. Kind of. It's like nothing else that I've ever tried, but I love pickled things. So the flavor was really good, but mm. the texture was just. I didn't. I tried it once, and I've never that's tried. Probably it Probably the but
2: closest you've come to lutefisk. Mm.
0: Probably, honestly, yeah. I don't know what the process is of making it, but I'm sure it's pretty involved, like that.
1: Yeah, did it have? And did they make it with dill? Most people
0: when they go to the Netherlands, <laughs> the that's like they made it with It actually was Have lutefisk. to try. <laughs> so that's my crazy one that I've
2: tried. Justin, what about you? You've been to Japan. Did you eat any No,
1: I've been to Japan. I spent a lot of time in well, a lot of time, one week in v- in Vietnam. So I have some Asia roots, but I stayed rather reserved. Yeah. With and I can't say that I've had anything out of the into the uh odd spectrum. Most of it mm. is stuff you could find in the United States. So nothing
2: comes to mind. I've been to China a couple times been to india i've been that's it no i've been some other places but those are those are where i had the more interesting foods the two that come to mind for me i had jellyfish once it was like a jellyfish salad Hmm. i didn't really like it but i i didn't like it because of the flavor it just kind of had a a plain kind of kind of a chemically flavor like you kind of get that that i got that feeling in my nose of like when you're smelling like cleaning products you know like if you're cleaning a cleaning down your countertop or something you get that kind of feeling in your nose it's a little tingly and it kind of has that that chemical type smell the burn I kind of got that feeling when I was eating it so I didn't love the flavor but the texture was not bad I guess it was just kind of like a jelly type texture in a salad so not not too bad but I, I didn't like it personally and then I did have sea cucumber and I really didn't like that at all Um, I actually had it with people from work and they claimed to really like it. And I don't really believe them because I have it on video and the facial expressions they made when they ate it did not back that up.
0: But it's so good. uh,
2: (laughs) Yeah, I didn't like it at all. The sauce that it was in was delicious. I kept kind of just dipping my chopstick in the sauce and like sucking on it because the, the sauce was good. It was ridiculously spicy. But it was just really, really gelatinous and just I didn't like the texture at all. It was chewy, but not chewy at the same time. It was weird. It's hard to describe. I was not a fan of the sea cucumber, but I think that's fairly a fairly common dish over, at yeah. least in China. So that's probably the most unusual thing that I tried. I also tried things that were not seafood that were a little weird. Like I had cow tongue and mm-hmm. I had, they had a lot of smoked fish for breakfast over there, which I thought was interesting. Yep. But um, that's definitely the extent of my uh, adventurous eating so far i'm no andrew zimmern that's for sure
1: <laughs> i would fail drastically at a show where i have to try new things
2: on camera and then it, take know. 10
1: take 12 yeah and then Just they'd have to swap it out up with
2: crew. chicken clean up crew i'd be vomiting all over the place <laughs> i did have we, an
1: yeah. alligator burger down in new orleans oh i've had I guess, yeah
2: i had gator nuggets somewhere down south i don't remember where i was i think it was in georgia somewhere that like was gator nuggets. That was
1: no different than tasted a little different than like a hamburger. So it was like That's chicken.
2: It was more <laughs> more more like chicken. To me. But yeah, I had it them in nugget form, wheat- so obviously, you know, I've nuggets. had shark nuggets. Um, and this was before I knew much about eating shark, and I know that there are sh- some shark species that like it's kind of okay to eat, but I I am now a hundred percent just against the I, in my mind, there's no need to eat shark meat. Um. Besides, for like the novelty of it. And so, I did have shark nuggets and they just tasted like regular fish nuggets to me. So, it was nothing special there. Hmm. But so, that's our episode. Kind of fun, kind of silly. I hope that we didn't offend anybody. We're not trying to offend anyone. We're just trying to highlight some.
0: Hopefully, you can laugh at us being ridiculous. Yeah. Even if you are familiar with these dishes. I know.
2: <laughs> yeah. Hopefully. You know, we really just want to highlight some of these traditional dishes that are part of some cultures, but not part of our culture that we find very unusual and sometimes off-putting, but you know, I'm sure that we eat things, maybe we eat things that other people would find unappetizing. Who knows? But we just wanted to have a little bit of fun with that, and I want to know what our listeners think. Let us know. Have you tried any of these dishes? Do you have any other crazy, unusual dishes that you would recommend uh, for us to talk about on here? Because it's kind of a fun conversation to have Especially with us being three wimpy Americans who are afraid to try anything new or or out of the ordinary, so
1: well, we were averaging what, like
2: three out? Of, we would try about three out of five of those dishes. I would try a few of these.
1: Yeah, I think so. So it's not horrible.
2: If you you could trick me into trying most of those, I think.
1: If someone gave me the old uh, smell, don't tell me what it is, but look at it, give it you know the smell test, and if it passed some of you know the visual and the smell test, then I think. I would try it and then tell me what it is after. And, you know, the,
2: now you're playing the mental game of, okay. Keep it down. Keep it down. Keep it keep down. Keep it down. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's that. Thanks for doing that, guys. I know it's fun. I know it's uh, not, you know, as informative as most of our episodes. We don't have a guest expert to come talk about something. But, you know, we thought we'd take some time to have a little bit of fun and just do something a little bit different than normal. And, and uh, I think, you know, I had a good time. And I think I want to do, you I think we'd like to do a few more list episodes. They won't always be as kind of extreme as this, uh, but we do have some other list episodes that'll be a little bit more informative, a little more helpful for people who are looking to buy and eat more seafood. So,
1: but if you like this format and like when we mix things up and maybe don't go down the informative path, let us know because we can absolutely
2: create more of these. Absolutely. And if you have suggestions for that, please send us an email podcast at dot org or follow us on Twitter, interact with us. I want to see some videos of the moving octopus tentacles if anyone goes out to a restaurant anytime soon and gets that or has video that they can share with us. And uh, make sure that you subscribe to Aquademia wherever you're listening.
1: You know, we never when we say send us an email, there's an even easier way, well, as easy as typing in our email address But if you visit the Global Aquaculture Alliance website, aquaculturealliance.org, you can go to the education page, scroll down to the Aquademia section, learn a a little bit about the show, but there's also a contact us button, which you can fill out the form. And that form has multiple drop-down options. So do you want to be a guest? Do you have guest ideas, topic ideas, things of that nature? And that goes directly to our podcast inbox so we get those messages. That's another way you can check out the cool things that GAA is doing, but also send us a direct message if you want.
2: That's right. So if you guys don't have anything else, then thank you for listening, and we will talk to you next time. Ciao.
0: Bye.